0: and i'm joined uh, by uh, uh, analyst at uh, emergence investment managers and that is nola and she joins us now on the line Nolwane, good evening to you and welcome
1: hi how are you
0: i'm well thanks how are you
1: i'm good
0: thanks right before we get into some of our stories i mean i heard something interesting from uh, your employers today uh, you know they put out uh, a piece uh, in one of the uh, uh, business dailies uh, talking about the investment of a few black asset managers uh, including Third Way and yourselves at Emergence into the <laughs> renewable sector, quickly give us uh, a punt about what that is about before we get into our stories.
1: Oh, she's say so long. You're putting me on the spot here.
0: <laughs> ah, well, do you went at the staff meeting. <laughs> Okay, no, it's I fine, it's fine. I it's didn't fine. read
1: about it. Sorry, I okay, sorry, I your bosses are going to kill you. You you <laughs> passed on
0: you passed on uh, an opportunity <laughs> there to plug uh, some of your capital yeah. allocation. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Talking about the allocation of capital, it seems multi-choice. Uh, this after uh, the recent listing uh, and uh, unbundling from the bigger parent company declaring their maiden dividend here, 2.5 billion rand. Uh, would you say this is the best way in the current context to allocate this capital? I think the market's Certainly happy to see a company
1: declare dividends, considering what's happening. But I think if you look at what happened in the short time that they've been listed, I mean, the first thing is that obviously they didn't declare dividends. They decided to be prudent and reserve, and preserve cash, and they built up a, a, a you know cash stockpile on the balance sheet. And then they also did a share buyback because they felt that you know the share price undervalued. So they had done you know alternative means in terms of capital allocation. Including investing in, you know, in, in the company and the business and so forth, and then, you know, ultimately the next step from there is to issue dividends. When you're sitting with a whole bunch of cash, and you don't have any immediate, you know, need to deploy it or need needed at, at the current time, because ultimately that dilutes returns. So it is. It is the best option after you've absorbed, absor- mean exhausted other mm. opportunities
0: in the market. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk just briefly about this year-on-year rise in subscription revenue. I'm also quite interested uh, in that 900,000 90-day active subscribers that have been added here. Five percent growth year-on-year uh, in those subscribers. Uh, how much of that is the South African picture, and how much of that is, uh, I guess, the rest of our continent?
1: So, I mean, there's a much bigger base in, 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 in the rest of Africa. um. So a lot of that growth is in, in the rest of Africa, and then a small amount here in SA. Mm. So, you know, in South Africa, they've been struggling with, you know, losing, you know, some of the top-end money-making, and growth has been quite slow. So, you know, but they are, you know, signaling that there's been a meaningful pickup since the lockdown across the continents have taken place. Um, and you know the encouraging thing is that it's not just you know in SA but also in Africa as well
0: mm-hmm. so uh, I guess some interesting things here but uh, what do you make of uh, i guess the operating and trading environment here in the context of uh, we heard some news today that in the new uh, explorer uh, decoders that uh, there'll be i guess a presence of some of uh, multi-choice's biggest competitors um, you know is this is this a tactical approach i guess to to really uh, quickly confront the assault uh, that the likes of Apple TV, Netflix, and others uh, might make on the market share that MultiChoice has enjoyed here in South Africa, but also on the continent.
1: Uh, well, they say if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. So I think this is exactly what they're doing. They had um, the Netflix, I mean, they had Showmax and offering Showmax, um, but you know, you'll have people like me. You have both, um, and not necessarily one is able to substitute for another. And if you can have it all in one platform, obviously you get customer loyalty as well. Mm. So I think, you know, they sat around and thought, okay, um, you know, we're not really competing effectively with the light of Netflix. Netflix is also investing in african local content and that's one of the you know one of the areas that they thought they had an advantage in that they were going out into you know across the environment to the end within africa and investing in content oh. and they thought that would be the poor factor and then you know we saw the blood and water you know came out on netflix and that seemed to be quite popular and they're going to continue investing in content in the, in the in africa yeah. so i think you know they're just you know changing a direction in terms of how to approach this and um, sort of fighting competition, embracing
0: it in the next to speak. Okay. Let's pause there for a second, Noluan, and uh, we'll continue on the other side uh, of this break. And uh, when we come back, I want us to uh, take a look at uh, some of the stories that are coming through here. Zoom Info, now, not to be mistaken, with uh, the Zoom teleconferencing platform. This is a, a business and a market intelligence uh, a company. And uh, they, uh, of course, uh, recently issued an IPO, and uh, that effectively has made uh, there are two founders here, uh, billionaires, and we're going to be taking a look at that. And a BMW, all the way out in Roslyn, just outside Swanee, uh, their first shipment after COVID 19, uh, already making its way. Seven minutes it is before uh, eight p.m. and uh, it's our wrap of the top business stories. And I'm joined by noland Mtumbeni from Mergence Investment Managers uh, to take a look at some of these stories. Nolwandle, BMW, um, I guess, uh, would certainly be happy seeing off. Uh, Uh, their first shipment after the uh, lockdown or the challenges with uh, the uh, lockdown Uh, what do you make of this and I guess also what do you make of global demand Uh, because we do know the Roslyn plant 90% of the production that comes out of there is for the export market it's BMW uh, uh, x3 SUVs and uh, almost about 2,000 of these uh, made made their way from the Durban port uh, to some of these export markets Uh, what do you make of the outlook uh, of demand conditions in many of our uh, I guess, receiving markets in Europe uh, and in Asia for some of the vehicles we produce. And uh, I guess what impact that is going to have on production uh, in Roslyn and in other parts where we produce cars here in South Africa.
1: Well, I mean, this of a demand outlook. I mean, if you just look at, for example, the likes of China and how, you know, they really had a V-check recovery in terms of demand. I mean, the only data we've gotten out of China is the luxury sales market, which completely just bounced back very, very quickly. So, I mean, but I don't think that's really reflective of how the rest of the globe is going to be. So I think in terms of, you know, um, there is obviously going to be some demand stimulated by the mere fact that it's a a low-rate environment, but I imagine that the use of vehicles and traveling is going to be a bit tepid for the moment. Um, It's not really comparable to luxury because you can, you know, use luxury and get it at any time. So I think in terms of demand, like many other sectors um, in the world, will be quite I mean, um, vehicle vehicle industry is going to be quite slow um, to pick up, um, but once you know it is, you know, picked up and with rates where they are, I think it's going to be able to, you know, come through and you know, gather up scale quite quickly.
0: Let's talk just briefly about uh, our port infrastructure. I mean, a lot of people have made quite a bit about uh, the critical need for the reform of our network industries and how. Uh, That is part of improving the fortunes uh, from a growth perspective of the South African economy. And uh, it's an issue that even predates COVID-19. It seems here that uh, it might have, I guess, put paid to the shipment of 2,000 SUVs um, uh, with um, BMW saying that Transnet wasn't expecting them at all.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you know, this is the kind of time where you kind of have to loosen up, uh, you know, your, your, your messy edges. So, you know, this is just a simple thing where there's obviously mismanagement and inefficiencies, which are getting the way of, you know, getting the economy where it needs to be. Um, of course, our economy faces a lot of structural challenges, but some of them are just, you know, recklessness and mismanagement by by, you know, the government. So this is obviously one of the cases where we see our port are not, you know, up to scratch. Mm. And we are, you know, the easy wins. And just having an efficient port infrastructure and the system going there is an easy win, considering how um this much demand for 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 I mean we've already reached demand for us for us as a as a car manufacturing um, destination. So mm. um where we can maximize on the export part of the economy, we really should not even dropping the ball on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's shift our attention away now from uh, the uh, auto sector and I guess uh, some of the network industries and uh, go to uh, the, um, I guess, uh, what do they call it, recreation and fitness sector. And, uh, I mean, longer are you are you a CrossFit type of person? So,
1: I'm an exercise type of person. Um, I've done um, Sweet 1000, but I've never done CrossFit.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, so, what, for the benefit of some of our listeners, who might not know what it is. What is CrossFit? And it seems... That the founder of this, um, I guess, exercise um, uh, 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 method, if I can put it that way, uh, has found himself on the wrong side of um, the growing debate and uh, attention now being focused on racial inequity and the challenges and issues of diversity.
1: So, I mean. Uh CrossFit is really just a workout program which you know has many movements. So it really is just a, a different way of exercising where they have many sort of exercises within there, whether it's squats, push-ups, gymnastics, running, rowing. So in the way the workout, we have multiple times of types of of exercises in there, and it's growing It's really, really popular. It's been quite popular for many, many years. Um, obviously based in the states, um, and it's expanded across um, you know, South Africa as well, different different countries. So it was really, really big. And then I think the CEO and founder um, made a few tweets, um, the wrong thing at the wrong time, yeah. which um, regarding, you know, what's been happening around um, in the States with George, George Floyd, um, you know, the unrest that's been happening. So, and they got them into trouble, um, the tweets that he made about that.
0: Mm, mm. And... I mean, when you look at this and uh, even, I guess, some of the brands that they'd worked with in the past, um, certainly a popular form of uh, getting fit here and uh, lent itself to uh, the kind of partnerships with Apparel brands that, um, you know, the likes of Reebok, uh, which now have decided to distance themselves from CrossFit.
1: Yes. So, I think, you know, the time, you you know, it is just, you know, what corporates have been doing is that they have to be seen as taking a stand and not... Um, there's a lot of reputational damage that can be linked from saying the wrong thing about issues that are this serious. So corporates are now um, taking the matters and, you know, taking a harder stance, drawing a hard line on any of the people of the companies that is its sponsors um, that, you know, are not in line with its values. Um, you know, I think they're going to take this much more seriously than they have it before because of the huge outcry. So I think, you know, whether you're a corporate or, a, or a, you know, ambassador or you're a, an Instagram model, I think, you know, it, it, companies will scrutinize much more social issues and social awareness and, you know, and how it aligns to their brand, especially in the age of social media where things travel fast and any sort of reputational damage could have long-lasting effects.
0: And then, Nolanda, if we shift our attention now, um, I guess, to... This entity here, Zoom Info, Um, as I was saying before we went to the break, um, not to be mistaken for Zoom, which is the uh, very popular teleconferencing platform uh, that all of us are using uh, during this lockdown, but uh, this is an entity that has really made its money on the back of selling data and uh, I guess selling it to people uh, who want to advertise to you and me and uh, to other people in the world of business.
1: Yes, um, and definitely what it is. It's a data company. It gets um, data from businesses, they'll get your email address and find your your email and your work email and your work number and they use that to sell it to companies that do marketing or sales. And before you know it, we're sitting in our offices doing our work and then you get random emails from different companies. Um, So that's basically how they do it. And data is important. I mean, data is, you know, and being able to monetize data has become so important and major. And um, and why this would be attractive is that, you know, I mean, you know, companies and marketing and are still trying to access more data. I think the world is moving towards trying to get as much more data on consumers as possible. Um, you can imagine how with this, you can, you know, really got a profile of someone if they work in a certain company. You just get more, more information about people. Obviously, they don't distro- um, disclose, you know, personal details, but just where you work, you know, as a starting point, you know. Um, you know, could give someone an advantage, so you know the sentiment obviously it will also be in line with the fact that it's an IPO on the NASDAQ will allow it to pop on the first day. But even within itself, being a data company is quite significant.
0: Mm, mm. Well, Roger, we'll have to leave it. there was a pleasure catching up with you, and uh, yeah, you must tell your bosses, I mean, I tried, I tried, and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't say anything no, you making it
1: worse <laughs> you're making it worse making it, it worse. goodbye, okay. <laughs>
0: I I certainly hope yours are check why your boss is not listening to to our conversation. (laughs) We'll have to leave it there. And Ulla Jam Tobin always a pleasure catching up with you.
1: Okay, don't post this. Bye.